We all know that turtles are wise, but how wise exactly? More on that coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Happily Ever Active, where every week I talk about the mental side of fitness, or I publish interviews with intriguing people on some aspect of this topic. And I know you, the good listeners, might be at different stages of your fitness journey. You might have a lot of these things pretty well figured out and are highly motivated to get moving on a regular basis, but you might also be feeling you need a reboot. Maybe you've had a frustrating go of it, particularly lately, and maybe you just can't figure out how to enjoy exercising enough to feel like doing it regularly enough to get all the health benefits that all the experts are raving about. And well, if you fall in that latter category, I sincerely hope the recent content on trying new things, my recent content on trying new things has nudged you in a few new directions. I've published a few episodes on the topic and numerous Instagram posts, and I've made October my Tritober month for good reason, and I've been encouraging others to kind of come along for the ride. After all, very little will change unless you expand your horizons, right? And repeating demotivating, stale fitness experiences does not change the game whatsoever. So, as self-indulgent as it is to talk about my new explorations, like pickleball, for example, the point ultimately is that if you've been unable to be consistent and you've lacked a steady dose of motivation, it's probably time to put yourself out there in new ways. And that all begins with curiosity, right? That's what I want to talk more about today. Well, this episode is sort of split in half, actually. I want to geek out first on curiosity, but then I want to do my best to answer a terrific question I got from an audience member at a talk I gave earlier this month. And I promised this guy I'd dig around to try and see if I could find an answer for him because I didn't have one. I was stumped. But first things first, what exactly is the interplay between curiosity, enjoyment, liking things, and motivation anyway? Well, academically, quite a bit. And at the risk of overanalyzing the human condition here, I'm going to parse things out somewhat. First off, curiosity is simply recognizing seeking out and showing a preference for new things. Those are the words. Curiosity, though, is more than that. It's it's a feeling, a mental itch, even a compulsion to engage in something. And you know what I'm talking about. I know you do. That feeling is intrinsically pleasurable to us. It's self-rewarding. And dare I say, it's been a crucial reward for human evolution. And although there's a saying that goes, curiosity killed the cat, we've all heard that one before, None of the technological advances we've enjoyed would even be possible if someone didn't have a compulsion to follow their nose. And I've got a couple of interviews coming up on the show in the next month or so with individuals who are testament to that, to who, who really embody that notion. In fact, curiosity, I would say, is the starter fuel for almost any passion. It's the fodder of self-research, essentially. And more than that, curiosity leads us to try new things without any pressure or external expectation. And this is a rare thing in our life today, that we are often doing things by either putting our own expectations on it or trying to fulfill the expectations of others. So curiosity is this 
really important feature of any fitness journey. And when it comes to fitness, we follow our curiosity to see whether we like something or not, or at least we should be using curiosity in this way, in my opinion. Now, in 1962, there was a researcher by the name of Sylvan Tompkins who had a theory that has since really played out in subsequent research. It has to do with the relationship between interest or curiosity and enjoyment. And so let's use an analogy here. Interest motivates people to spend vacation in new, novel places. Meanwhile, enjoyment tends to motivate people to return to the same places as the year previous. What this means is that your curiosity is this tool to find things intrinsically worth returning to, to find the certainty of enjoyment, presumably because filling our lives with enjoyable things makes us happier. It makes our lives happier. However, we can still be interested in unpleasant activities too. So I don't want to discount that, although I'm not going to talk a lot about that today. The two ideas, curiosity and enjoyment, aren't completely tethered. In fitness though, tethering them together makes complete sense because as I've argued countless times on the podcast, we persist at what we enjoy. While enjoyment is still very much a personal thing, like how some of you enjoy pushing limits on a regular basis, it's a universally motivating thing. And I wonder here, if you're being honest with yourself, how much do you actually enjoy your current routine? Do things feel like you're jamming a square peg in a round hole on a regular basis or on a daily basis, like your choices don't quite fit you? Well, following your curiosity for new activities isn't just reserved for demotivated or frustrated times, but it's certainly a powerful tool to find our fit in fitness. In fact, if you recall way back in episode one on the pain pendulum, the revolving door of stopping and starting, stopping and starting is typically fueled by returning to demotivating activities or experiences and then subsequently being way too hard on ourselves if things don't work out, which when you think about it, it's pretty likely because it's hard to persist at things with little intrinsic value, right? That to me seems self-evident, at least by now. But I also know that trying new things isn't always easy. And I've got one last Tritober activity that really fits that. I've got uh, an activity I won't tell you today that involves fear or at least strong trepidation. Let's call it that. There's many reasons to feel cautious about trying new things and there are ways to mitigate it like insulating yourself by bringing others with you. I always say that's a great tactic but when you think about what it feels like to be compelled to try something the opposite of that is anxiety about the idea. Now in my particular case I've got I'll say a borderline phobia about the activity in some ways. Actually it's a clash between an anxiety I have, and a strong curiosity. So it'll be interesting how it all plays out. But feeling nervous about new things is pretty normal. But the result of giving in time and time again to those anxieties and doing nothing is really the repetition of old patterns, the ones that leave you frustrated and even unfulfilled and maybe even upset at yourself for not trying new things, for not being more adventurous. And this means ultimately that you'll continue to do what's familiar even if it's not enjoyable, because it's safe, it's predictable. But at the same time, it's also lacking in nutritious motivation. But it also hampers the potential of our routine to be more fulfilling. And that's something worth fighting for. That's something worth putting ourselves out there 
to go and try and create. And this is why I keep going off on why trying new things is so important. Now, I know there are other things to improve the attractiveness of fitness and thus the motivational properties of fitness, but there's still nothing quite like having a positive connection with something new. So for the question of the week this week, I'll ask as I've asked in some variation before, what is the thing you're the most curious about that you think you might truly enjoy doing? And as I've written on social media, pick it, plan it, do it. Those are the steps. And it doesn't have to be October. If you're listening to this episode and it's March of 2020, you can still go and pick it, plan it, and do it. That is the nature. That is the process of self-research. Now, I had mentioned before that I had an audience member who a short while ago asked me a question, and I wanted to address that question because it really applies well here. The question was this, how many times do we need to try something before we really know whether it's a fit for us? And again, I want to repeat, this is a terrific question, a very astute, reflective question, and a very hard one to answer. So I want to talk a little bit about it, and I'm going to do some hedging here, which is not uncommon in my world. (laughs) First off, you guys know I treat fitness as a relationship. It's an analogy that works so well when it comes to sustainable behavior change. Fitness is a relationship between you and the activities you choose and how you do them. A relationship between you and your body. If you nurture that relationship and you honor it, you'll figure things out. If you don't, and you make fitness about a war, a war against your body, a war against the moment, you'll struggle. You'll create or recreate demotivating experiences. And that's what my interviews over the past decade or so have really taught me. And part of this analogy, this relationship analogy, that I really like is the idea of love at first sight, right? So let's follow that for a second. Perhaps you know a couple out there who said that they fell for each other the very first moment they saw one another. It's a very romantic thing and one that we see a lot in the movies. Well, this really is an ideal scenario, especially in fitness. And it's unfair to put pressure on ourselves to feel that strongly about something the very first time we try it. After all, trying something new can have some physical unpleasantness to it. I've referenced bouldering before and how hard it is on your hands. Well, I still liked it the first time I tried it, but the experience wasn't perfect because my grip strength was lacking and I had sore hands and they were tired and etc. So these things are part and parcel of the trying process. And when it comes to the question of how often you should try something, I'll pose this question to you. After you've tried something, when you're done, was the thing a clear no to you? If not, don't boot it to the curb. Give it another go. You don't have to go the next day or anything, but don't wipe it off your list. You'll know in your gut whether there's something in it worth trying again. And personally, this has been my attitude to road racing, um, particularly running half marathons. My first road half in the spring left much to be desired, at least physically, as I had several issues. But there was so many things that I liked. And because of that, I didn't eliminate it. And instead, I signed up for a race at a cooler time of year. I tried to apply some wisdom here. (laughs) The second experience was much better. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. But the highs were higher and the lows were also higher. So I applied what I learned. And although I I think I have a lot more to learn about running road races, or at least road halves or the longer distances. There's enough there 
to like for me to do more. And how many more I do in a year, for example, is to be determined. How hard I want to push in a race is also to be determined. But I've got data now. And when it comes to an active lifestyle, I really do like the idea of doing at least one half marathon a year. And maybe, you know, maybe I'll find a novel place to do it. I'll make it a destination race and I'll make it more of an event and maybe even a family excursion of some sorts. But to circle back, the opposite of love at first sight is really disgust, which is a powerful human emotion. And my take on this whole trying process is if your first touch with something is awful, it's a strong sign. That disgust, that strong aversion is probably telling you, you know what, this thing might not be a fit for you. I think that data is probably enough to tell you to move on to the next thing on your list. Honestly, though, it's highly likely the new things that you try will fit somewhere in between disgust and bliss, right? The love at first sight bliss. You will ultimately have to trust your instincts, whether there is something in it when you try it the first time that says it's worth going back and whether it's worth saying yes to a second or third date, so to speak. And for some of us, and I think research really suggests this is a factor, a little more familiarity makes the subsequent trying, the subsequent dates, a little better. You know what to expect. You can prepare a little bit, which again, ultimately allows you to engage in the activity a little differently. Although I can't give you an exact number, like say, you know, five times, Let's say it's safe to assume trying something two or three times will give you the data that most of you will need to make a decision whether something fits you or not. So that audience question was a really good one, and I enjoyed digging into the research on familiarity effects and the like to try and answer it. However, before all of that becomes relevant, let's go back once again. What's your biggest itch right now? What's the thing that intrigues you the most that you've never tried but has really piqued your curiosity. That's the starting point. And as James Bryant Conant wrote, Behold the turtle, it only makes progress when it sticks its neck out. With that, here's to new fitness adventures, big or small. Follow me on Instagram at kelly.dell or the show at happily ever active show. Of course, in the meantime, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.